checking the audio, and we're live. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Jonathan Kogan Show. I'm your host, Jonathan Kogan. Today, we got a juicy, juicy podcast. We are analyzing another great podcast who is speaking our lingo. In fact, what we've been saying on this podcast for a long, long time, what I've been trying to articulate, the the very reason why I started the Jonathan Kogan show was that I noticed that surprisingly there was a gap in the marketplace to be honest and tell the truth and that the mainstream media was lying to everybody and that people were believing literally false information, like not only false, almost a 100% inversion of reality. So it's, it was very, it seems very intentional. I don't know the motives, but I, I, I try to articulate that on this podcast. I've done this for over a hundred episodes and something like, Oh, you know, this person's a conspiracy theorist. Oh, this person, uh, you know, these fake news people, I, I've never been interested in conspiracies. I've never been interested in politics or news. I'm an apolitical podcast. We don't have political affiliations. We don't believe in politics. We think it's all theater and it's just nonsense, but it's just that, Hey, there is a opportunity in the market, which is very odd that if you actually do the right thing and tell the truth, you will actually be more profitable in the long run. Like I would understand if your motive was to lie, to make more money, like, Oh, the more you lie, the more money you make. I got it. Okay. Not the right thing to do, but I understand it. But in this case, the more you lie, the less money you make. The economics of the situation are not in your favor also. So it's very odd to lie and then also not have economic benefits. It's very strange what's going on in this world. So I started this podcast. And what I say is, listen, like, here's, here's the documents. Here's the receipts. You know, this is the, why this isn't true, why they're lying to you about this, whatever it might be. And this past week, uh, this weekend, the All In Podcast, if you don't listen to the All In Podcast, it's for uh, entrepreneurs, investors, uh, very respectable people, at least who I respect. Uh, we got we got Jason, we got Chamath, and then we got the Davids. Um, and they've they've done things from uh, Jason does uh, host this week's in startups. Go check out that podcast. Um, David Sachs has done a bunch of stuff like Yammer, PayPal. Uh, Friedberg is the science master of quinoa. <laughs> um, and then Chamath is the dictator. And I think what happens is, and I'm going to play, uh, it's basically one clip, but I broke up into three and it is exactly what I am trying to articulate, what I have been trying to articulate. In fact, if you've been listening to this podcast for a long time, or if you're new to it because you're watching it on Twitter now, or you're watching on rumble or on YouTube or perhaps Facebook, you're like, oh, well, I knew this. Jonathan has conveyed this like on 120 episodes. Like I, I got it. But if you're new or you were on the side of, I, you know, I still don't know about this character. This is the most relevant and best breakdown. And what, and I'm going to start it in a, in a minute, which is everybody has their watershed moment that they realize, oh my God. The media is so wrong or so biased on this particular situation because you're interested in it. Well, what else have they probably lied to me about? And then all of a sudden, boom, you're red pilled. It's over. You can't go back into the matrix. And so um, a, a big watershed moment that I have noticed actually 
with mine, it was, it was, it was the pandemic situation. Uh, but with others, it seems to be the crypto situation of FTX. It seems like this FTX debacle to say this lead, to say the least, aka fraud, aka one of the worst financial crimes in history was a massive watershed moment for a lot of people. A lot of people woke up because of what's happening with FTX. And if you didn't listen to the other two podcasts or three podcasts, but definitely two of them that I did, go back and check those. I've heard they're pretty good. I get really deep into it. It's how all these people are in, intertwined. It's absolutely crazy. But Chamath Palapatia, Palapatia, the dictator who is known for being the head of the first head of growth for Facebook, who was responsible for that, who's now a billionaire, used to own the Golden State Warriors. Uh, his breakdown's unbelievable, okay? And, and not that it matters because we're apolitical and all we do is try to talk about facts and, and, and not be political, just unbiasedly. What's We don't have a... I don't even know how to think in political context. So it that's not even a case on this podcast, but you know that. But just so you know, Chamath votes... It doesn't even matter. But because people are always skeptical... It's always the people who seem to be skeptical are the ones that are on the left or are, are Democrats. And Chamath is a Democrat. He is on the left. That's he donated a lot of money to that party in these past elections. OK, so just keep that in mind when you're skeptical. He explains this so well, this watershed moment. And it is perfect. It is very well said. And you're going to listen to it. I got in three. And then the really important part is how. So I find Jason to not know that he's kind of unconsciously biased. Now is he biased to the mainstream media because he was a reporter. And so he thinks it's the same as when he used to be a reporter, but it's not. It's now activist. But you're going to see his reaction and that bias show up. But then he counters that in the last segment, which is he gives the very best explanation on what has happened and proves that he totally understands what's going on. And he explains exactly what the problem is, which I've been trying to explain on this podcast. And maybe if you hear four very successful people, as opposed to some schmuck on a microphone that you barely know, that'll add more credence to it, more credibility. And uh, he explains it perfectly. And Chamath even compliments him, but they go back and forth till they get to that point. So you'll see the bias, but then you'll see he totally gets it, and it's awesome. So this is the best explanation on what's going on, why you can't trust the media, what we've come to, like like how do you find truth, where do you get news nowadays, who can you trust, and, and, and what are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to do if you don't have all day to go through media and figure out what's true and what's not. You can't just go trust the New York Times. You can't trust the Washington. You can't trust these outlets that were respectable 40 years ago, three years ago, even 10 years ago. Like those days are over. So what do you do? And this is the best set of clips that uh, explain exactly where we are. And Chamath breaks it down first of this watershed moment and exactly what has happened and how people have woken up. And he explains it perfectly. So take a listen. If you're on Rumble, you're on YouTube, you can watch or Facebook or Twitter. Uh, here we go. This is the first segment, Chamath explaining how FTX, what is the problem with the mainstream that has come out of this whole FTX debacle, again, to say the least. And uh, he explains it perfectly, as you know, as we do on this podcast. So take it away, Chamath. Problem that I think this allows us to put a fine point on is the following. You know, in society, we've confused a lot of people to think that the opposite of liberal is conservative or Republican. 
And I think that's the cycle that drives the mind virus inside the mainstream media. The problem is the opposite of liberal is illiberal. Okay. And what illiberal means is to be narrow minded and unenlightened. It means to be puritanical. It means to be fundamentalist. And this is really what it allows us to see now. We have now had six years of data, case after case after case, where if you are woke, if you are a social justice warrior, if you have the right credentials that justify your upbringing, if you have institutional uh, bona fides that come from your parents, you get to create the narrative and you get a hall pass. And everybody else basically is at the subject and the mercy of the mainstream media. And so if you don't kiss the ring and bow down to them, they will try to destroy you or run you out of town. But if you are one of them, they will give you a hall pass. And when it's time for them to change their mind in order to tell the truth, they won't do it. And so these types of grifts will continue, as Friedberg said, because there is no check and balance without a healthy, independent media. There is no way for all of us to actually know what's really going on. Guys, some person in the media could have asked the question and dug in deeper around the connections between Alameda and FTX for the last 24 months. At no so could point, have diligence at a venture firm. At no point could any person have asked these questions and found ex-employees and said, you know, are there any unseemly connections here between FTX and Alameda? There was no disgruntled employee. I mean, every company has disgruntled employee whistleblowers. But here, where there was billions yeah. of dollars being made by tens of people, not a single person who felt on the outs said anything. Well, he was also giving it, millions on, of dollars to press because, outlets. Hold on. It's in donations. because the questions weren't asked. And then this kid paid hush money to the mainstream media. Let me ask you a question of you guys. Do you think that it's the media's responsibility in this? Do you think that there should have been a regulatory authority that so, had oversight oh, of this business on. like so there wanna, is for every bank? Stop and it there where he goes, you know, how much falls on the um, on the regulatory, how much falls on the investors. But you'll see at first, Jason just wants to, you know, he, and he's right. He's right, where he says, well, how much is the investor's fault? It should be the, it's the VC's fault. And he's right. And you're going to hear in this next one, which is, just it's like saying what he's showing is like, OK, that could be true. And also the media didn't do their job, which is like saying I don't support. Uh, let's say you you say, OK, I don't support sending unlimited amounts of money and weapons to Ukraine. And someone responds, oh, so you're you're a Russia puppet. Well, no, you cannot support the unlimited money and weapons to Ukraine. And guess what? Also not support Russia. You can not support either. One is not always the inverse of the other. People tend to think that if you think that, oh, meaning you don't support unlimited weapons and money to Ukraine means you love Putin. Or if you don't like Putin, that means you love Ukraine. No, both can be a negative. Both can be a positive. That's where people get mixed up. Both cannot be liked. And you're about to hear that uh, in this next part because I don't know why people tend to naturally gravitate to uh, thinking that, like, if you say, oh, I don't support the weapons to Ukraine, that, oh, that you love Putin. I don't know why people's minds do that with, with certain stuff. Like, oh, if you, if you uh, if you're saying it's the mainstream media's fault, then, oh, you don't blame the investors. No, I blame both. They're both guilty. They are both. They both didn't do their jobs. That's the issue. And uh, it's very strange why, why people get into this like that. But um, let's uh, let's play this next segment here. 
And I might start that a little bit too late, but uh, we'll get into it. This one, this one's a longer segment, so so take a listen. And what's so sad about all these interviews in this press tour is if anybody would just read this article, you can construct the right questions to ask this guy just mm. based on this one article. But the, the point I wanted to make is that one of the most interesting insights was these guys had lost an enormous amount of money already in calendar year 21. And so this is what's so crazy, Jason, about, you know, you using language like rug pulling and like, you know, nobody actually trying to like be clear. Like you, you guys are giving this guy a hall pass. When I'm not if any, pass. any industrious reporter could have found an employee who said, wait a minute, we just blew a $3 billion hole in our balance sheet in calendar year 21, 20. And now we're sitting here at the there end of great, 22. It's 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 Hold on. I need to respond. I am not giving him a pass. And for you to blame journalists who are reflecting the crime and not putting any light on VCs and the capital allocators who made this investment and who did no diligence and now put governance in it is the height of arrogance, Shema. This is not the press's fault. They're not doing that either. This is the VC's fault. This is the capital allocator's fault. You're blaming the people who are telling the story after the crime is They're they're covering the story up. You can't handle the truth. Jason, they're covering the story up. Listen, can I get in here? Can I get in here? All right, listen, Jason, I will defend you against us saying that somehow you're, uh, you know, that you're letting SBF off, off the hook. I know you don't want to let SB off. I, off the please. You are letting the press off the hook. And the I'm reason not. why, hold on a second. The reason why you're using this inaccurate language like rug pulling and run on the bank when there was no run and there was no bank is because you've been infected by this language no. that the media has inserted into the discourse. The okay. media, listen, no. and hold on a second. Investors may have got it wrong last year. Investors may have got it wrong when they did that last round, but I think investors now understand what's happening. But the media is still covering for SBF by mis-explaining what happened. Okay, so that's Give- a really, really important part, by the way, and I'll get into it, which is when people aren't active in analyzing news and they just hear clips there, you know, hear clips here, hear other clips there, you know, just hear someone talk about it on the mainstream – and you hear them say something like, oh, it was a run on the bank, but they don't know anything about the situation. The mainstream media is the one that they insert language into our dialogue to, to shape discourse in our culture, and our society. This is so deep. Like, if you're not analyzing the news and searching for truth, you just – people hear a headline or something like that, and then boom, that becomes the conversation. And the way David Sachs just explained it was – Perfect. That's exactly what happens. Not only here in FTX, that's an example with everything. When people really don't know what's going on, they only hear what the media wants them to hear. And they're using this language to explain the situation incorrectly for whatever the reason may be. In this case, I think it's covering, you know, SBF and because he donated money and they don't want to get in trouble, all this stuff. But they do that in every situation. It was so well explained. I love that. I love that bit there. And then they're going to get more into it, and you'll see Jason get defensive. But again, I want to say, Jason comes full circle and gives the best explanation that cracks this whole thing wide open. That You've heard me say on this podcast, but yeah, you got it. Give me a percentage, Sachs, of who's to blame here. VCs who invested and didn't set up any governance, regulators who did not set uh, rules around crypto, and then three, the media. What percentage out of 100% is the investors? The regulators and the press go. 
Three numbers. I would say that before the fraud got exposed, one third, one third, no one third. One third each before the fraud got exposed, but they were all Absurd. jointly and severally liable. But after the fraud's been exposed, no investor is still defending SBF. But I, I, I think that the investors who were swindled by him, they feel bad about it. So 30, 30, 30 is absurd. The press had no way to know the fraud was going on. Just like the VCs they who put the money pieces. in did it. Okay. Jason, are you stupid? Like, wasn't, no, wasn't, not, you're wasn't stupid the journalist you that exposed the fraud at Theranos? He's the guy that went and did all the work. John Carreyou should be celebrated. Press. Hold on a second. John Carreyou went and found this thing. When everybody else was like, this is perfect. It meets all of our priors. Let me finish, please. It meets all of our priors. This is and great. And John Carreyou, hold on. And so John Kerry was like, mm, this doesn't pass the smell test to me. Let me go do some work. And he pulled one little string. And over the yeah. course of 18 months, he exposed the whole bloody thing. So hold on a second. So what is incredible to me is that it was possible to expose this thing before. Nobody did. I agree with David. It's about equal responsibility before. But afterwards, the bulk of the responsibilities now sits with regulators to clean it up and journalists to tell the truth. Okay. And now may I respond to that since you call me stupid? You are delusional. Number one, every one of those investors in Theranos could have taken a fucking blood test at two different places like Jean-Louis Gassier did and write a blog post and prove that Theranos didn't work. And they withheld disbelief. Investors putting in $100 million, including Rupert Murdoch, didn't even take a fucking blood test or tell one of their diligence teams to do it. The same thing happened here with the investors in FTX. They did zero diligence. They set up zero governance. This was a failure of the investors and the governance for 99% of the problem. And then regulators should have caught it. And the regulators, in fact, did catch Theranos. So you're completely wrong, Chamath. Again, the journalists come in after the fraud is happening. The investors and governance is responsible for stopping these things. FTX was a failure of governance and investors. And so was Theranos. The end. You're completely the, the wrong. The question is post, post exposure. Yeah, why are you guys obsessed with post? How about avoiding these things? You guys are blaming because the story journalists. is ongoing. Because the you story are blaming is ongoing. journalists for something that is capital allocators' responsibility. It is our responsibility to do diligence. It is our responsibility to create a board of directors that checks on Elizabeth Holmes and yeah, Sam Bankman. I didn't fraud. disagree. I did Nobody's disagreeing with that. Just call me stupid. You just call me stupid for pointing out something that you refuse to accept. What are you talking about? I'm the fact that the biggest allocators created this. I'm the older brother. You guys are giving a pass to the investors <laughs> and to impression again. Come I'm not on. doing Fredo. I'm not doing Fredo. You guys are being absurd. This is what people <laughs> say that we're delusional on this dumb. podcast. Don't call them dumb. <laughs> The reason like people say we're delusional is that we won't take acceptance <laughs> of this. Like the guy you can't call dumb. <laughs> totally, he loses he it. He goes berserk. Yeah, no, I'm not going berserk. You guys character. have a blind yeah, 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 spot. Yeah, 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 He's like, don't, don't call me dumb. I'm not going to defend any single one of those investors. I mean, I think that they did a horrible job, too. It's a great episode. But the reality is, just went up. But the reality is, I think that if you think that you can, if you, it's your decision to to defend the mainstream media. I think that that's fine. I'm not defending them. No, you are. You said they have no responsibility. No, I'm blaming the VCs. It's different. The culpability is with the investor class that has not had proper governance Great. and diligence. And you diligence. know what, Jason? How many articles have been written excoriating them? Uh, yeah, some. Where? A lot. They they look like fools. 
Yeah, I mean, the show me, show oh, me, yeah, no, show me the Washington Post capital. No, show me the Washington Post, New York Times. That's like digging sure. in to that malfeasance or that lack of oversight and holding them accountable in a way that you feel exposes this problem to create change. Well, if we look at Theranos, uh, those people uh, who invested, including um, Draper and um, Just show me the examples, That's Rupert Murdoch, they they really went after them for sure. Yeah. What about here? Uh, Wall Street Journal, one day ago, Sequoia Capital apologizes to its fund investors for FTX loss. Venture wow, capital firm tells fund investors that it will improve due diligence on future investments after they 100 really million loss. They really yeah, got them. Let me, let, me, let me read That's you. That's a cover Hold story a in the Wall Street Journal. I'm going I'm to read you a sentence from the New York Times coverage of SBF. And Sam oh, Bankman-Fried, hold on a second. Sam Bankman-Fried is neither a visionary nor a criminal mastermind. He is a human who made the same poor choice that generations of money managers have made before him. Are you? <laughs> you can't even make that up. Are you? This is one of the biggest frauds on the same scale as Bernie Madoff. And did you hear that sentence? <laughs> it's like we're in bizarro world. All right, let me let me keep it going. And now I'm actually going to go back. And play the beginning of what Chamas says. I, I, I'm sorry, the beginning of this episode, when I play what Chamas said, that, that, that tidbit, I missed a lot of his dialogue. So I'm going to go back and play that. But we're going to get to what Jason says and, uh, and more about this, with how the media is incorrectly covering this. Effing kidding uh, no. me? I'm that not was the New York them. Times coverage. Yes, you are. They also said his reach exceeded his class. And then Semaphore, who was on the take, who received millions of dollars of money, yes, said it was a run on the <laughs> bank. Okay. How much did they now, where is million? their apology? Hold on a second. Where is their apology? Sequoia has apologized. Where is yeah. their apology? Oh, it has to come. I'm not defending the press. Yes, you, no, are. you, you are. You no, are. I am not. I am yes, literally telling you that the New York Times has been asleep the at the New York wheel Times and apology. Throwing... The press is always demanding an I'm apology from everybody the press else. Has done a shit Hold job. on a second. The, the press, press is so incompetent on this. Demanded... The Twitter Spaces yesterday did a better job of trying to ask questions and getting to the truth than a single journalist has done, or of the collective totally. body of all of journalists. Absolutely, totally. literally, randos on Twitter Spaces did a better job than Sorkin. Let me tell I you agree. why the why no one trusts the press, Jason. First of all, they have an agenda. I'm in agreement. When they make a mistake, they never admit it. When's the last time they did an apology or retraction? When's the last time they did what Sequoia did? I don't know. And exactly. they need to apologize about New York Times. I am in agreement with you on that. But I think we have to first say, and this is where you guys have a blind spot, is what is the responsibility of capital allocators and governance and regulators? I think it's one, two, three. Our industry is responsible for setting up proper governance. The regulators are responsible for making sure that right. scientific you know claims are backed up. And then, we, and then press is a distant third. You know who I think is responsible? SBF. Yes. One, two, and three. And then we can talk about four, five, and six. Okay, four, five, and six. Capital allocators, regulators, the press, a distant sixth. I agree. Let's go on to China. God, it's so spicy. And that here is where... He explains exactly what's going on and catches himself, but he explains it perfectly. Here we go. <laughs> That's so hot. <laughs> I mean, I do call. think I do think when we attack the mainstream media, Jason feels a little twin tinge of like uh, insecurity and illegitimacy because he were a journalist. I, my no, personal I, perception no, is I think that's bullshit. No, I, I have. A, I think that you have a an incredibly romantic view of the craft as you practiced it back then, which I yes, think was I do. full of integrity. Yes, I, and do. I think that's that, true. I, th I think that you you don't adequately realize 
how massively the industry has changed in the last 20 years since you've become I, I realize it more than you do. I fully realize that the media has absolutely become biased. Are they and corrupt? And have lost, uh, in some cases, yes. I mean, if you're taking money are they from blinded? SBF are and they then biased? giving him, they are corrupt if they're taking money from SBF and then giving him kid glove coverage. Absolutely. That is the definition of corruption in my mind. What is what I, is it called when you don't take money necessarily like the New York Times and still treat them with kid gloves? What is that? It is extreme bias. And the New York Times became extremely why do you biased. Think the bias, why do you think that bias exists? They were always left-leaning, but I, I can tell you why. They, when Trump came in, a generation of new journalists became activist journalists. They didn't want to tell stories and take it and let the facts tell the story and let the audience make their own decision. They felt an existential risk when Trump came into office. They got Trump derangement syndrome. They picked a side like MSNBC and Fox did. And the business model became, for the New York Times, pick a side and get the subscribers. It was a deliberate, cynical choice on the New York Times part to go full MSNBC or full Fox, the two extremes in mainstream media, in order to get the subs. And they literally rallied the troops there to do anti-tech, anti-Trump, uh, coverage and they became activists. And when journalists become activists, they are no longer journalists. They're activists or commentators. And, and that's the problem. It's being presented as journalism when in fact it's activism. So you're, and you're, that's you're the right. problem. So, so shout out to uh, Matt Taibbi who just did a monk debate. Um, that's well said, by on, the way. On this ver- yeah, on this very topic. And he Thank has a much. great, great substack basically saying what you're saying, Jason. And the, the, the best quote is the story is no longer the boss. Instead, we sell narrative. He's a lifelong journalist whose father was a lifelong journalist, and he understands the way the business has changed. And it's well, like what you're saying. And, and this is why independent media, whether it's Substacks, whether it's call-in shows, whether it's all-in podcasts or other podcasts. Whether it's the shows, Jonathan Cogan show. Rogan, Sam Harris, whoever it is, independent voices are now what consumers are seeking out because they can sense the bias. They know Rachel Maddow and Tucker have a, an axe to grind, and they're left and right. They didn't what expect the New York more, Times, yeah. Washington Post, exactly. and Wall Street Journal to, you know, they, they knew they were leaning. They didn't expect them to pick a side. Do you think we should cancel? If folks, do you think folks are better off keeping their New York Times subscription or replacing that New York Times basket of substacks? And- uh, yeah, you answered your own question. It's the latter. I, I think you're on your own as a consumer now. You're going to have to. And I think this podcast and the nuance we have, shout out to Freeberg for nuance. What we've done on this podcast is What's that funny, to explain to people. Freebird's not the only one with nuance, Jake. Well, <laughs> nobody would describe David Sachs with the word what, nuance. He's the nuance department on this podcast. What am I? A hundred percent he is. <laughs> but you would know that because you leave when science I'm the truth starts. department, okay? Sometimes nuance. Truth bombs. All right. I'm the truth department. The point is, consumers need, consumers need to become extremely literate, and they have to do their own search for truth. In today's age, they don't tr- they shouldn't trust New York Times. They shouldn't trust us. They should trust themselves. They shouldn't trust necessarily the CDC or, you know, the World Health Organization. They should trust themselves and come up with their own process for figuring out the truth in the middle of this mess. By that the way, this is exactly. Exactly. What I have been articulating and not to say just because two people say it or six people say it or five people say it that now it becomes the truth. But. Don't you recognize that that's what's happening? Don't you know that's what's happening? Like if you just took a gut check, no matter what side of the political aisle you are, or if you're apolitical like I am, don't you feel that to be true? Even if you don't know, doesn't that sound right? 
And now I think what they get into now, I wasn't going to play this at first. I'll, I'll play this and then I'll go back with the Tremoth part. But exactly, we are literally in the moment, in real time, watching the shift in media. The Twitter files, which was exposed on Twitter by Matt Taibbi, uh, used to work for the Rolling Stone, lifelong journalist, who didn't get Trump derangement syndrome, reports very well, like Glenn Greenwald. Um, and I have I have friends who like listen to who like read this like Aaron Ruper guy like that. That's an example of someone who if Trump died tomorrow, the person would have no career. He just makes a career off lying to fit. It's totally not true news. And that's why now I know why my friends don't understand what's going on in the world. They don't know how to search for the truth necessarily. They just want to read something that maps to what they want it to their biases. Like Glenn Greenwald does real journalism. Matt Taibbi does real journalism. They're not part of these biased crowds who make money off reporting on Trump. Like if you make money reporting on Trump, you're a fraud. That's crazy. Like that's ridiculous. Who cares about this dude? You got to, the, the point of the media is to tell the truth. It's to convey the truth. It's not to have, it's not to say something really, really good. Like there's people who are obsessed with Trump on the pro Trump side. And then the people who are anti Trump on the, it's like, this is one dude. Okay. He's not even going to be here in like 10 years or 20 years. He's old as shit. Like who cares? People who are obsessed with this dude blows my mind. I don't get it, but that's what's happened. He came into the, the political sphere and all of our reliable media sources became corrupted. <laughs> it's crazy. And that was explained very well. And now we are at this, in this moment, inflection point, where the mainstream media is dying in real time. And you're seeing people not know where to search for the news and to take it into their own hands to search for the truth, to subscribe to those, you know, that bundle of substacks rather than the New York Times, because that is more truthful, you know? And they're looking for places where they can trust the source to not be biased and tell you the truth. And that is the very reason why the Jonathan Cogan show was started. It's why the Jonathan Cogan show is about two, year, two years ahead of where the media will be. And I'm just going to keep telling you the truth. And I think it's going to win out. And the audience is growing. It's taken a while. You know, it takes months. But if I continue to be honest with you and I continue to admit when I'm wrong and continue to be more right than I'm wrong and you realize and learn over time that I truly am apolitical, you will know you can come here to hear the truth on whatever I'm reporting on. And we're at this amazing point, which is about to be explained right now by Friedberg of the creator economy and how the media is shifting in real time. And I think when we look back on history, the Twitter files, the Twitter files will be known as that point where that was the bottom. That was when things switched. That's when things went to the creators as opposed to the corporate media. That was the shifting point. And that just happened on Friday. So take it away, Freeberg. Explain what's happening. This is a good reflection on what's happened with the rest of media with respect to the creator class where, right, it used to be the movie studios and, you know, a handful of kind of aggregated creators that made all of the content, the, the record labels, and now, you know, independent artists, independent producers, independent creators, and now independent journalists hmm. are going to become the bulk of volume that's going to be consumed. It's just a different consumption model. But we've already seen it happen with music. Here, we yeah. saw it happen with movies, and we've seen this disruption <laughs> happen across all of these other media classes. Journalism and what we call the press is very likely. 
150%. And if you don't know, does that sound right to you? Does it feel right? Just trust your instincts and you listen to this podcast because you do trust your instincts. If you're new, welcome to the pod. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Also go to patreon.com forward slash ownership economy to make a donation so we can keep this pod going to the moon because we will make it to the moon. In fact, we'll be the first ones to the moon. I don't know if we went to the moon or not. I'm skeptical, but I'm not into that stuff. But uh crazy. So I said I would play the beginning where of Chamath's uh monologue that I that I skipped over by accident, which was really important. And so um when he first analyzes the FTX situation and kind of this point that we're at, um, just take a listen to this if you want to. If not, you could switch off. But uh, it's kind of a continuation of the first one, uh, the first part that I uh, uh, played um, of what's going on. Here we go. His take on, on FTX and, and the media and this, this massive inflection point in history that we are in in real time. And to SBF and Trump through the lens of the media, so if you go back to 2016, you know, Donald Trump violated every single establishment bias that these left progressive journalist elites had. And so they basically just attacked, 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 attacked. But then you went into the election and there was a very clear data point that said whatever you thought was at, was at best limited and you missed the tone of the country. Because 50% of the country held a very different view about this person. And instead of taking a step back and, th and then the left media, the mainstream media, re-underwriting and learning and then saying, you know what, mea culpa, I got this wrong, they just doubled down. And they said, no, it still doesn't meet our priors, and so we're just going to ring-fence this problem and we're going to just try to destroy this issue because, you know, we want to control the narrative, and, and, and by result, we want to control power. Now you look at SBF, it's the exact opposite. He went to the perfect elite private high school. Then he went to one of the most prestigious elite private universities. MIT. His parents teach governance of all things at one of the most elite liberal institutions in America. Stanford. They are in the establishment of the progressive left. And what happened was he took customer funds and all of this money. He made tens of millions of dollars of political donations. He wrapped himself in this blanket of a progressive left-leaning cause called effective altruism. And all of the mainstream media fell for it and embraced him, as well as some politicians, because it met everything that they themselves also bought into. Yes. And now you have this cataclysmic event a multi-decabillion dollar fraud or bankruptcy, millions of customer accounts who are frozen, you know, tens of millions to hundreds of millions to billions of dollars lost and stolen from them. And they refuse to re-underwrite this kid. And the reason is because in order to do so, it's like eating your own tail. And that's why they don't want to do it. And so this is why you have the media basically allowing him to do an apology tour. Now, this is his second time at manipulating them. The first time he was able to manipulate them by basically being one of them. And now he's allowing them and their desire to basically protect themselves so that he can create some kind of a defense for himself. And I just think the whole thing is gross because it misses the entire mood of the nation. This is an enormous 
financial fraud that was perpetrated on tens of millions of people. And there's no accountability because in order to do so, the media would effectively have to admit that they missed it and they got it wrong and they refuse to do it. And I think that that is the really big problem that nobody is really speaking out about is like, well, if these folks be the last stop to make sure that there's truth and honesty and transparency in society and you can't count on them, and in fact, they're just going to reflect their own narrative, what is one supposed to do to learn the truth? In a way, what you're saying, and then we'll go to you, Freeberg, is this fraud was encased in all the gilded facade that America hates right now. It reflects the institutional rot of America. It reflects every single aspect of institutional rot that every non-elite talks about all the time. But elites, when they have those labels, will refuse to give up. And just to so, add to that. I'll stop it there. But like I said, what's going on in this world is no longer, there's no longer Democrat versus Republicans versus independent. That's gone. It's out the window. It's over. Maybe it'll come back, but it's over. It's elites versus everybody else. And I refer to everybody else, our team, as team peasant. It's the elites versus the peasants. And that everybody knows that. It was so well articulated, that whole discussion. If you want to go listen to the whole thing straight through, just go listen to the last All In podcast episode. It is so perfectly – does that not sound like exactly what I've been articulating on this podcast forever? Maybe that helps give it more validity. You know, I'm just trying to get you the truth without political takes. I don't care if the truth is hard to tell. I don't care if it's controversial. I do not care. I just care that you know the truth and that you put your big boy pants on your big girl skirt or your transgender skirt, whatever kind of skirt thing you put on, ketubah, I don't know, whatever the, the, the Scotland people wear and they, they play those like blow things and they wear like man skirts. I don't care. I don't care. I just care that you know the truth and then you figure it out. And if you can't figure it out correctly, God bless you. If you do figure it out correctly, God bless you. Whatever you want to do with the information, God bless you. I just need to know that people have the truth. That's it. I sleep well at night. I sleep well at night. If you have the truth and you make the wrong decision, I'm okay with that. But if you're lied to and make the wrong decision, or that would be the right decision, but it was the wrong one because it was based on falsehoods, that is immoral, unethical, and wrong. You and everybody in this world, I don't care what country you're in, obviously this is based on the pulse of America, but America does kind of lead in a lot of ways that kind of culture messed up stuff that goes across the world, all this craziness going on in the U.S., it infects everybody just because we're the economic leader at this point in time. Now, will we be for, you know, in the future with BRICS and, you know, everybody, uh, basically the West self-destructing Saudi Arabia making really smart decisions with Vision 2030, you know, the Middle East overall, and, uh, you know, China getting massive and, you know, basically the West is becoming just a total mess, but whatever. But you got issues everywhere else. I'm definitely bullish on Saudi Arabia, that vision 20. I'm very bullish on the Middle East, but we kind of lead that people look to America for sure at this point in time. I don't think that's always going to be the case. In fact, I think we're, we're in that change right now, but in America, our news outlets lie to our faces about everything. In fact, it's a total inversion of reality. 
And I think that the truth is breaking through. Everyone's having their watershed moment. The Twitter files was a big watershed moment, like I said, for a lot of people. The the crypto scam, the Sam Bankrun fraud is a bit not bankrun, but Sam Bankman fraud is a uh is a big uh was a big turning point for a lot of people that I know. And then obviously how things were handled the past, you know, two, three years was massive as well. Um, so eventually it will touch a subject that you're interested in, that you know the truth of the situation, and then you're going to put on the mainstream media or you're going to read the mainstream media and you're like, wait, that's not what really happened. It will eventually come for the subject that you know about. It's just that you don't know about whatever you're not interested in, whatever they're lying about, but it'll eventually come to you because it's not a right versus left thing. It's an elite versus peasant thing. And guess what? You are a peasant. So that's it. That's it. That is the best take on this. It's what I've been preaching. I think it's a really good source. Appreciate you listening to John the Kogan show. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Just hit subscribe. Go to patreon.com forward slash ownership economy, $5.99 a month. Support the movement, a political movement to the moon and back. Well, let's go to the moon and then we'll decide if we want to come back. And, um, and that's it. Other than that, stay free. God bless wherever you're on the world. Thank you so much and share with one person and let's, let's make this thing go viral. Whatever that means, just share with a friend, whatever. All right, see you tomorrow.